This is 11 o'clock. In 11 o'clock, I'll be talking to people I find inspiring, whose hobbies I find interesting, or whose lived experience can help us shape and improve our worldview. I believe everyone has a story that we can all learn something from, and hopefully by asking the right questions, I'll be able to find some amazing answers. Welcome to 11 o'clock. Hello and welcome back to 11 o'clock. I'm here with Nikki and Ricardo and you're from, I, I'm presuming it's Say Settle, is that right? The yes, company? Say Settle, yes. Yeah, and what does that actually mean? Um, say Settle means six, seven in Italian. So basically, um, which shows this name just to represent in numerology uh, our name, basically, uh, our, our, our birth number. Yeah, our so birth number. My birth so. number is six and Ricardo's is seven. That's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, you both produced a show, and I'm presuming, I'm hopefully going to pronounce this correctly, Amore e Morte. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Beautiful. Brilliant. <laughs> Better than me. Better than me, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, and what is that about? Ricardo. Ah, uh, it's a um, it's a story it's a story of a couple that um, is trying to build a life, and basically um, this couple uh, has to leave. They um, they have to leave uh, their country because um, basically he witnessed a murder, and um, of course he's scared for both of them. Uh, for their lives, so basically they sort of uh, run away from the country uh, because they're scared they could have uh, could have unpleasant consequences on them on on their lives. So and they find um, refuge in a new country. Yes, which is a big point, and we also change diversify the music with that. It becomes a little bit jazzy and um, diversifies musically. And then, uh, and then the drama happens, which he is gonna be, he's gonna go back to the to the country to witness. Uh, to to testify, he's called back to give testimony in court. Yes. And, um, and due to the circumstances, the fact that he's witnessed this uh, murder. Um, there's danger for him to actually return to his country and to give testimony. So the height of the drama is in that danger. Exactly. And then the finale is quite dramatic. Are we allowed to say the finale? No. Are of we, course. Oh, we're going to say how he's going to finish. I don't know. It's going to be a what? surprise. There's your show you can say whatever you want <laughs> it's, it's like revealing the the murder at the end of a book you know you want to wait till the end to know them who murdered them it's, it's, it's definitely a heightened drama and there is a definite suggestive death yes. and ricardo you're the composer and nikki you're the performer is that correct correct yes yes, yes. we're both performing and um, we're both performing yes. yes she's the singer and she wrote the lyrics and um, basically, we just finished rehearsals right now, so <laughs> we are fresh from rehearsals, uh, which it is very, in, it's a very intense show. Um, the style of music is quite uh, wide. It's not about 
it's difficult to you know to put them into a sort of category or genre it's quite wide so it could be jazz blues contemporary, contemporary classical, classical yeah. minimalism yeah it's full of, full on i kind of say contemporary music theater because yes. um obviously it's a uh, it's storytelling through song um and also you know coining the term song cycle because ricardo is a significant performer in this show so he actually will partially tell the story through his music and playing piano and instruments so that's a pretty cool thing too yes there will yeah. be uh, some moments where i'm gonna play the diamonica which is um a wind instrument it's Melodica, it's called Melodica, yes, here. In Italy we call it Diamonica. But anyway, it's the Melodica, basically it's a, 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 wood, a woodwind instrument. It's like a piano, but you have to blow in it. And being a migrant story, we also really wanted to capture that sense of having an ethnic tone. So the Melodica is, is, is beautiful for that. And it's also um, very lovely for a sense of storytelling. And yeah, so overall, it just enhances that that uh, sense of ethnicity we wanted to bring to the show. It's basically and, migrant story. Yeah. So basically, uh, it's a fictional migrant story. Yeah. Yeah. But you're the only one singing, Nikki. Is that correct? I am. Yeah. And so, how does the story work? Do you tell us the point of view from both sides, or are you singing as two different characters? Oh no, yeah. Um, so it's basically her perspective. But I, I sometimes uh, in the lyrics I'll narrate a little bit and then I'll kind of step back into character. Why did you want to tell this particular story? Ricardo can start this one. <laughs> Why? The reason? Why did you want to tell this particular migrant well, story? Originally, religion, originally um, this story was born of I think two of Ricardo's compositions that he'd two songs he's already written. So that was Amore Morte and Denied Love. And he very graciously let me get my hands on it and, you know, evolve that into a story and then we evolved that into a show. So Ricardo did have um, real reasons uh, behind writing those two songs to start with. And then I guess, which he can explain, but I guess for me, um, I'm very passionate about telling beautiful ethnic stories. Um, and, you know, because you know, I'm, I'm from an acting background, so I've done a lot of comedy and I've done all that. But... Um, I'm really, really passionate in telling ethnic stories, you know, without the comedy um, and a beautiful sense of, of drama. So, yeah, that for me is a major thing theatrically. Um, and I'm, you know, feel very blessed to work with someone like Ricardo because oh, his music is just course. awesome. So it's just a super way to do that, I guess. So that's that's what it is for me. But for Ricardo, there was definitely, I guess, passion behind his musical choices. So. This story, yes, it's like, it's not my story, but I am a migrant actually. <laughs> so I am a migrant here in Australia. So, but it's not my story. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not running away. <laughs> you had reason for the fiction, I guess. But, yeah. Yes. Yeah. But yes, it is something that I uh, basically feel as a as a migrant sometimes, which could be the nostalgia or the. Uh, sadness of my native country anyway so there is 
something uh, biographical, but minimum. So it has got nothing to do with the with the story because I'm not running away from any <laughs> from any murder or whatever. Even if uh, where I live, anyway, uh, it is pretty much of a um, how can I say uh, pretty much of a bubbly a, <laughs> city. A, a city, of, a city full of crime, full of life, and uh, yes, pretty much a very intense city. Uh, so basically. Uh, uh, it could be everyone's story anyway. It could be everyone's story, or it could be a story that happened in the past as well. I don't know, but I'm not referring anyway to anyone in particular. And it's just a story of just the plot is just my invention. It's not something that I uh, I'm passionate about crime stories anyway. So for for that reason. <laughs> now you haven't actually mentioned the country yet do you mention it in the show or is that actually something that the audience are allowed to just make the assumptions of totally totally, totally intentional absolutely yes yep. totally so uh, it could be every country it could be a couple coming from any country in the world and migrating to any country in the world so there's no uh, there's, there's no any kind of uh referment to italy or australia in this case which is my case yeah well it's I mean obviously the audience might draw that conclusion because I you know I won't be using an accent so I have an Australian accent and Ricardo is Italian the title of the show is Italian but yeah we're not actually specifically saying yes um, it's any certain place yes and why do you think it's really important to tell migrant stories you said you were passionate about it but why is that important well, I guess it's just a passion piece for me because, you know, my grandparents were migrants. So um, my grandparents came from Greece and, and Cyprus and, um, you know, so it's, it's a slightly different upbringing sometimes. And um, but I'm very Australian. My parents are Australian um, as, in the sense I was born here and they have an Australian accent. So um I guess uh, it's uh, it's you know my experience of um, being an ethnic Australian myself, but obviously so is Ricardo, and so you know it's kind of yeah it's just it's just a passion piece for me I guess yes. to um, to share what I love about being ethnic and share you know my sentimentality with all my memories and um, it's a beautiful thing you know yes. <laughs> simple as that I guess. And Ricardo. You're a more recent arrival uh, to Australia. How are you finding that as a new migrant? Oh, I find it amazing. Of course, <laughs> I find it beautiful. <laughs> it's an extraordinary moment of my life, this one. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's the probably maximum moment of my life, I would say. And it's been a really long journey, personally, of course. And, uh, of course, uh, it's never... Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's exactly what I wanted and, uh, and I'm happy I'm absolutely happy with personally with my life and my choices generally generally speaking I've been influenced anyway by my relatives as well because I got my auntie and my uncle living here in Australia probably from the 60s they migrated here in the 60s so basically I've always been listening to my auntie's stories and the way she was feeling, the way she's feeling now. Uh, so of course, the, uh, there is something that it, it's 
it's in common with her. We share probably the same uh, curiosity towards, an, of course, a new country. We share probably the same melancholy for for the original country. So basically, uh, and I think anyone who lives in another country experiences that. Like I, I lived in America for a bit, and oh my gosh, was I homesick? Every street yeah. of Brooklyn looked like a street of Australia at one point. So, and I know I had Australian friends over there who'd felt the same. Um, so it is that 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 thing of just you know missing home. Yeah, I guess it's quite universal. Can be. Yes, it yeah. is. <laughs> oh, you yeah. both have very extensive CVs. Do you want to sort of each run through what you've done to get to this stage of your career? Because the what I've seen, it's quite extensive. <laughs> Ricardo. <laughs> uh, what in what in particular are we talking about? <laughs> oh, well, you're a concert pianist, a multi. Awesome. The conductor, composer. Yes. Uh, yes. You produced two hundred pieces. Is that composed two hundred pieces? Yes. Right? Exactly. I've been composing music since probably I was fourteen years old. So basically, I always been writing and writing and writing. Uh, been writing for can't remember, but <laughs> basically uh, any kind of music for any kind of instrument. I'll be writing pretty much lots of symphonic music, uh, some soundtracks for short movies and movies, uh, Italian production uh, from a bunch of theater production in Italy. Uh, but yes, uh, I've been always active as a, as a composer. So, uh, and as a concert pianist as well, of course, so both things, they go well together. And uh, a little bit as a, as a conductor as well, because I've been conducting many orchestra, and in particular my orchestra in Italy, we've been basically performing all contemporary music, composed especially for, for my orchestra. So I've been, uh, I involved other composers, I, I involved uh, institutions like uh, the museum, uh, the main museum in, in Napoli with a, with a conservatorium. So always been active uh, anyway in organizing and, and obviously in writing and producing as much as I could or for uh, the instruments that I that they were available in, in a sort of way because my basically my basic thought is composing music that has to be performed and not left in a in a draw like uh, like I see lots of friends of mine uh, it, it's struggling anyway it's uh, it's not easy to be <laughs> performed or to perform your own music so basically it's like a plan that you have to have sometimes we have to be realistic in the sense that i can't write symphonic music and leave it in my in my dreams and hoping that one day it will be performed uh, it's not it's not personally i, I don't find it uh, good very motivating for myself and where do you get your motivation from because you've got three degrees so you've obviously got a lot of drive. Where does that all come from? Um, still don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I never, never questioned myself about about my drive. Mm. 
it's just something that something I something that chooses you, I guess. Like, oh, well, yes, why do yes. any of us get into this industry? <laughs> yes, that is it. That, that is the answer. It's yeah. something that chooses you. <laughs> basically, I didn't, I didn't choose to to write music. Basically, it's uh, for me. Basically, it's like a need. They need to perform. They need to say something. Uh, yeah. To express yourself yes. artistically. Yeah. Yes. Through. And you said you lived in America, and you did that because of acting. And what drove you to acting? Ooh, good question. Well, I guess this is why this project is. Um, a really special project for me. Um, it was actually the love of musicals that um, got me in this whole game. So when I was young, um, I think my parents took to me to a show. I think maybe it was Jesus Christ Superstar. Loved it. And then I participated in a few kids' choruses. And then I was lucky enough to do um, a charity project of Les Mis and Normie Rowe um, actually did the show with us. So it was a semi-professional production of Les is and I just had the time of my life and I was really blessed to listen to these incredible vocalists you know when I wasn't on stage as a kid so that was always with me um, and I guess from there I got more and more interested in dramatic theatre obviously film um, and I think at that stage I was very naturally a large actor you know just having done youth theatre it was just very much about large acting and I was just really inquisitive about wanting to further my naturalistic ability so that's what led me to America but there was also a specific dance style I loved because I loved training in dance because I had um, a natural interest in musicals but then through my dance training I got very interested in contemporary forms of dance and through that I found one particular form that literally uh, had its origins in America so I thought why not combine all my interests, study naturalistic acting, and then also further my skill in this dance form, which is what has led me into a lot of teaching. So that's been a pretty cool thing. So, yeah. Your parents, you said, have a Greek background. Yeah. We're taking you along to very, you know, English shows, I guess, <laughs> or, you know, Jesus Christ Superstar and all of those. Yeah. Um, what is their background? Do they have a love of theatre as well? Well, no, they're not naturally thespians. Um, they're, they're business background. Um, but my dad had a, a love of music. Like I used to listen to all his records, so that was very influential in my music taste. Yeah, just natural appreciation, but nothing, uh, nothing too specific, I guess. Dad was a restaurant owner, and then he became a a business owner, retail owner, and yeah. So I've kind of had that that base as well. And can I just ask, with the time in America and the, the schools that you were going to over there, did what was that kind of like? Because they kind of sound a lot, very over the top and very intense, especially in New York. <laughs> yeah, look, <laughs> um, I think I was lucky. Uh, I chose a conservatory which was not specifically uh, addicted and dedicated to one method. You know, there's obviously a lot of uh, pure method schools 
Um, it is. It was a method school, but the philosophy was they will introduce you to many schools of thought and many methods so you could build your own craft, which, you know, uh, after, I think, time away from acting school is when you really do that, but at least you get introduced to that mode of thought. And obviously, you know, with with that, by introducing you to different ways of operating you're not going to suit every technique or style so with that um, it can be confronting and but that's acting school I don't think there's any acting school in the world that is not a challenge so or any you know music school it's just it is what it is I think you know that's that's how uh, these arts bodies function so definitely a challenge but (laughs) worthwhile challenge (laughs) connect to create the show yeah so it was actually a cute story I just decided that I hadn't really sung in a while and I had decided that I really wanted to do that and you know as an actor that was something that I was just you know felt like I left behind a bit and so I thought you know let's join a choir or something so I actually uh, found a choir that Ricardo was leading and playing piano for and then through that you know we had a, a mutual um, professional artistic uh, connection and I actually said to him look can I uh, take some lessons with you I just want some practice with, uh, with an accompaniment um, because you know that can be the hardball game with musicals you know you're throwing a, a melody line and you know you need to know what key you're in and you know it's all quite complicated under pressure um, so I wanted to practice and I loved his musicality he was really quite freeing for my voice and from there it just grew and, yeah, we just thought it would be amazing yes. to work together because um, we love working together. Yes. And how long have you been connected? Oh. A good part of uh, the year, yeah? Probably, yeah, March. Yeah, the ho- pretty, yeah. March, April. Wow. Yeah. But I, I need you. Okay. And yeah. in the development of the show, which ha- what's your process together working if one's writing the music and one's writing the lyrics? Which comes first? Um, we we structured we struck well we obviously had the story, then we structured um, basically storyboard. We had you know a line of thought for the whole show, um, and then Ricardo and then we would I guess we'll talk a little bit about style of music. Oh, you know why don't we try this here? And then Ricardo would come up with it in five seconds, and um, and then from there. Um, uh, Ricardo has graced me with the, the opportunity of uh, improvising the melody line, which he also wrote in five seconds. Um, and 
then from having that melody line established based on what I like to improvise, which is pretty cool. Um, and obviously sometimes I would say, look, Ricardo, you take over the writing of the melody line. Um, you finish it off. <laughs> um, um, and then I would regret that because you challenged me so much. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> um, then I would sometimes we'd write the lyrics together and I'd want his influence and inspiration. And sometimes we were just like, you know what? Um, I'll just take it home and I'll, I'll just write it. So, yeah, that's how we worked. Yeah, it's been the process is, mm. it's been amazing because actually, um, what comes first? Oh, good question. Lyrics or music? In this case, music came first and then the lyrics, they came after. Yeah, I actually, I was a bit stumped sometimes with what to write. So I found it uh, helpful to actually write the lyrics based on the rhythm of the melody that kind of just let me to uh, write a rhythm, you know, uh, write some poetry based on what the melody was. Yes. And we, we obviously knew what the song represented and each song then had a obvious tone and style. So then it was helpful in writing the story and the lyrics. Yes, there are many ways to write a song i mean and everyone has got a personal way and our way was basically this way that every song has got a different mood scenario was happening something anyway and then it was sometimes a stylistic choice yes of course yeah Uh, example uh, the witnessing song where he witnessed the murder and and uh, he comes back home and, uh, and basically uh, she's going to uh, question him about what happened to you? Uh, you. You look very strange. You look very spaced out. What happened? What, what did you see? Huh? What happened? And basically, yes. And the song was uh, creating this mood, this kind of darkness, uh, not revealed darkness uh, and a questioning, of course, from her. Um, and, and that's how basically uh, the lyrics came out. Then she's been inspired uh, and uh, by the melody or the mood or whatever, the story, of course, and daft. And she came out with a, a river of poetry, uh, a river of incredible. Well, we've we've tried to ebb and flow between, I guess, poetic lyrics and also. Um, quite logical storytelling because, you know, obviously I do want the audience to be able to trail the story. So, um, yeah, I, I guess it's a little bit of ebb and flow of that. Yes. Yeah. And you mentioned before that you storyboarded it out. Did you actually develop the songs linearly as like as the story went or did you go, oh, let's do this scene now and let's do this I scene? I think we do- did. Yeah, because we um, the two songs I had mentioned before that Ricardo had already composed, they're kind of the dramatic climax. So we yeah. knew, okay. And actually, we had written the lyrics to those. So we, um, but they've still worked um, because they're quite poetic. Um, but I think in our minds initially we had thought those two songs were probably going to be near the beginning. But then we thought, you know, they're pretty intense. So let's, yeah. We might need to give the audience a bit of a journey. So um, they got bumped to the the back of the show and then yeah I think we pretty much went from top to the to bottom of yes. writing those songs now where can people come and see the show where can yes where so can. yes in so um, Melbourne audiences oh sorry or anywhere else where is okay. it, if it's being played yeah. anywhere you can mention that as well 
Beautiful. Oh. Um, so in Melbourne, um, Feb 7th or Feb 8th? Feb 8th. Yeah. Far out. <laughs> um, Feb 8th and it's 5.30pm at the Butterfly Club. We're really excited um, to perform yes. at the Butterfly Club. It's a first for both of us, so that's super cool. Um, it was Feb 8th, wasn't it? Saturday. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then we go on to the Adelaide Fringe. So we're lucky to be subsidised by the Marin Council here in Adelaide and um, so we've got three venues. Um, the first one is the Garage International. That's February 22nd, and that's 7.20 p.m., and that's the Adelaide Town Hall, which is awesome. And then the Sunday, the day after, it's the 23rd, and that's 5 p.m. Um, and then we give it a little space so to give people a chance to maybe hear about the show, and then we're in a theatre called The Parks. Oh, no, Marion, Marion. I didn't mention. So the one on the 23rd is at the Marion yeah, Theatre, yeah. which in Adelaide is, you know, one suburban side of town. So then um, on the 7th of March, we go to the other suburban side of town, and that's the Parks Theatre, 7.30pm, the 7th of March at 730 And then we, we do know that we do um, have a show at the Mount Gambier and Wyala Fringe Festivals, which is super cool. So we'll be going on road trip. And yes, then and before that, before we're going to be Newcastle. Newcastle Fringe. Newcastle Fringe, 18th and, and 19th, the 19th. Wednesday and Thursday nights at 9pm at the Grand Hotel. Royal. Grand. Grand Royal. I think it's the Grand, Grand Hotel Newcastle. Yes. Wow. Well, um, hey, so you've got lots booked. Yeah, we yes. let's, let's do a tour. We've got a show, so... <laughs> A show that we're proud of. So yes, and twenty second at Wyala Fringe as well, uh, and uh, the twenty eighth and the 29th at the Mount Gambier Fringe Festival as well. Uh, I think that's all at the moment uh, for the about the date. Uh, we don't have any other uh, day plans. But yes, for the, the Melbourne audiences, it's one show. So please, yes. please come along. Five thirty p.m. on a Saturday. Straight after work. It's easy. On a well, Saturday, you're not even working. Oh, it's not even oh, it's Saturday. <laughs> yeah. The only time I've ever been there at 5.30 is on a weekday. That's okay. Okay. So start your <laughs> night off on Saturday. Exactly. At the Butterfly Club. Well, good luck. It sounds great. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, hope it all goes and the tour goes amazingly well. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Amy. Thanks for chatting with us. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of 11 O'Clock. Please rate and review us on iTunes comment on our Facebook page and share us to your social media. I look forward to bringing you more episodes very soon.